Drama City Productions presets. Immersion Rig now online. Welcome nerd. Now generating episode 88. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in three, two, one. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is David. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Christian, we hit a huge milestone today. Yes, we did. A hundred thousand downloads. It was amazing to see that. Who would think two idiots in a basement could achieve so much? Uh, definitely not me. <laughs> <laughs> say that again. <laughs> but we'd like to say thank you to everyone. Yes, all you nerds. We really appreciate it. And like, here's to like 900,000 more. Exactly. Keep listening. Definitely, if you're not subscribed, subscribe, please. Tell a friend. Exactly. Rate and review. Exactly. Five stars only, though. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, go screw. Exactly. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. All right, let's talk some news. All right, so on the MCU side, we're back with more Disney Plus news this week. That's all we got. <laughs> we should just rename the show Disney Plus News. Because that's the all we've been talking about. Disney Plus newer new show. Sure. I mean, Featuring Christian. I don't know if that would really grab anyone, but, you know. I, I mean, I'm sold. Especially the Christian part, but <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Um, but, yeah, pretty much the last six months, it's all been Disney Plus. I mean, it's I'm fair. excited still, so <laughs> <Exactly>. whatever. <laughs> well, let's get into that news. It's Haley Steinfeld is being eyed to play Kate Bishop Hawkeye for Disney's Hawkeye series. That's right. Um, and I looked at you and said, who? <laughs> <laughs> she's she's done some good roles. I mean, she's a great actress so Once far. Once I dug a little, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I know True Grit. That's a pretty good movie. She was the kid, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in Bumblebee, which I didn't see. Um, you also uh, mentioned Pitch Edge Perfect of, oh, 2. Pitch Perfect 2. Yes. Edge of 17. Apparently your favorite movie ever. Big emotional was just, film. Like ranting and raving about how great this movie was. And I was like, okay, whatever, dude. Um Gotta love a coming of age story, Damon. It sounds like people are excited though, so mm-hmm. I'll just gauge my, you know, reaction off of that. I don't, she seems like she fits. Like in a weird, like almost too perfect way where it's like, man, did they just like at first I was like, did they just hire her because she, you know, she's she's a similar demographic to the character, or did they actually go based off of acting? And I really thought back to like her character, especially. And I, I know this is the movie I brought Here we up. Go, people, but Edge of Seventeen, <laughs> she kind of has a very similar character to Kate Bishop in that film. Okay, uh, personality wise, I'm gonna so, take her word for it. I don't know the actress, you know. Um, looks wise, she looks the part, I guess. Um, but we'll see. Hmm. I'm more interested to see who's going to play Miss Marvel. I'm just excited to see this <laughs> happening. Yes. Right? I want to see Young Avengers. I've been calling for it since the first Avengers film. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So, and I we're get, we're going to get it. There's mm-hmm. no way we're not at this point unless things just go horribly wrong. Um, but yeah. All right. So what else do we got, Christian? Well, um, completely outside of Marvel, we got Game of Thrones burning up more news with House Targaryen getting a prequel series. 
one of their 12 reported <laughs> prequel series they're supposed to be coming out. Oh, they're really going to milk that cow. <laughs> so yeah, it looks like they are going to be setting this prequel 300 years before the events of Game of Thrones. Because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to track the beginnings of the end of the House of Targaryen. So I guess we're going to have to follow the grandfather of her family's storyline. Or at least that... Be- like the great... Great-grandfather, maybe? <laughs> At this point, I mean, 300 years, they can make up whatever they want in that oh, yeah. kind of time span. So, And I'm sure that's why they're setting it 300 years mm-hmm. in the past. So they have some leeway. But but that family's just kind of known for just straight-up incest. So I'm just kind of like, how interesting can this storyline get outside of like them keeping the bloodline pure? You know? That's true. <laughs> it could get kind of gross, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Game of Thrones already had a lot of incest going mm-hmm. on, so yeah. Yeah, pretty icky. Uh, <laughs> but whatever, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Um, It'll be cool to see more dragons, you know. Deadline is actually reporting that they are close to actually getting a pilot ordered, too. Okay. So. Um, but they're obviously still in those pre-production, you know, stages. So it'll be a while before we see mm-hmm. anything come to light. I mean, hopefully they wash the bad taste out of people's mouths. Yeah. It's going to take a lot. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a lot. And I don't know if a Targaryen prequel is the right way to go in that order. Well, especially with the way they ended her mm-hmm. character and everything like that. Yeah, that might be difficult. Um, I was think like again. I was more interested in seeing you know Baratheon's rise. You know, uh, the original king of the uh, franchise. Well, there's going to be twelve prequels. So <laughs> literally, it was like seven or eight or something crazy. So you still might get that. I I can't imagine. Like it's going to take one hell of a good starter to actually start all these other ones. Honestly, I think what's going to happen is if one of HBO's new series, mm. you know that or non-Game of Thrones hits, they're probably going to like pump the brakes exactly. on all the prequels. I, I feel like this is just desperation and them being really concerned about the future. I mean, they're going against all these streaming you know, apps and you know all these crazy networks, mm-hmm. so they're desperate not to lose that huge fandom. I mean, that do you collected. think it's HBO or do you think it's Warner Brothers and a whole, as a whole? Yeah. I think it's, well, I mean, you can't have one without the other, mm-hmm. really. So it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, it'll be interesting to see where they go with all this. All right, popping in a couple decades ago, we're going back to Tank Girl. Uh, Margot Robbie's uh, Lucky Chat Productions is picking up Tank Girl as a reboot. Uh, but as reported, weirdly enough, she is not planned to star in the role just yet. Now, they're saying that it's definitely looking like if anyone was going to do it, it would be her. It would make exactly. the most sense. <laughs> but she has to read a script first. Like, even if know? it wasn't her production company mm-hmm. and, like, they were just doing dream casting, you would think that, you know, be exactly. a perfect fit for her. Um, what were your thoughts on Tank Girl, the original movie? Um, I mean, it's not my favorite movie, I could say that, but it's definitely, you know... Funny to watch. <laughs> Not in a good way, though. <laughs> Not in a good way. Uh, Malcolm McDowell's a little over the top, you uh-huh. know, as he has been, you know, last decade or so. Um, there's ice teas, a kangaroo alien mm-hmm. creature thing. Uh, I remember enjoying, like, Lori Petty in the role, though, but I think I just kind of had a crush on her, honestly. I was, mm-hmm. like, 13. So, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I... It, it, the book is supposed to be great. I've never read the book, mm-hmm. but it just didn't do much for me as a film. 
I do see potential, though, mm-hmm. you know, in it. So I was worried. Is it like too much of the same type of role for her? It is very Harley Quinn-esque mm-hmm. in a way. So that is, and I'm wondering if she would be worried about getting typecast and those kind of roles. Um, she's a pretty big star, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like she can call her own shots. And maybe that's why she's being but a she's little... She's got her own production company. Yeah, maybe that's why she's being a little cautious. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to even jump further back, um, back to the 30s. Uh, Paul Feig is working on an original Universal monster movie. Ah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be called Dark Army. Um, Paul Feig of, geez, Bridesmaids, Ghostbusters fame. Mm-hmm. It looks like Deadline is reporting that he is going to be doing classic Universal monsters, but also like creating his own at the same okay. time. Yes. So I don't know if it's going to be like kind of like a monster mash movie. Um, it feels like echoes of the dark universe, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, which which wasn't me... a graveyard smash. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 and there goes all those downloads. <laughs> hey, man, you pitch them up, I knock them out the park. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just... I'm... I don't know, man. I just don't trust some of the choices they've been making, obviously, mm. the last couple decades with the Universal Monsters. I mean, we know that Invisible Man right now is a production by Bloomhouse. Um, that feels, I don't know, a lot more promising mm-hmm. than this whole idea. Uh, you know, because to me, Paul Feig, I think comedy. So are we going to get something more in that vein? Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to get like Abbott Costello meets like, you know, Frankenstein or something like that. Which, I mean, can work. It can, but is that how you want to reintroduce the world to like the Universal Monsters? Now, they did say they want to do, you know, more standalone films. Mm-hmm. So as long as this isn't a, like a big, you know, hit and then like this becomes the true focus of the franchise. I want to see standalone mm-hmm horror films based on these characters being made you know where they actually take it seriously yeah i mean that was my first reaction was like is this justice league again like where we're just throwing everything on the screen seeing what works fast or what originally got them in trouble five mm-hmm. years ago with the whole mummy <laughs> yes, or whatever the they... mummy and before that uh dracula untold where they just was that the... was that officially attached to the dark universe no at that time that was their like first conception like Oh, we're going to make a dark universe based through this. And this was like, they announced that before they put the film out. But it didn't do that well, though. No. Correct? It didn't. I mean, it was a flop. So they were me are like, well, we will redo this. We'll <laughs> try again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they put out a, oh my God, the just the campaign for that movie beforehand where they were like this is this is the dark universe we're going 100% and they showed all the actors immediately and not only all the actors of yeah you know of the mummy but mm. like all the actors of the films upcoming yes. for the universe which was insane and then <laughs> the mummy flopped horribly like okay forget Never mind. that <laughs> um yeah no so hopefully they know what they're doing I doubt it, though. <laughs> I just really hope The Invisible Man is a hit. Yes. Um, I mean, which one are you looking most forward to? If you were to have one standalone of the original Universal Monsters. Um, jeez. That's difficult. 
You know, I, for me, I would have to say that I'm probably more of a Frankenstein fan out of all of them. Um, I feel like there's enough there mm-hmm. where you can kind of, you know, start fresh and new, but it's such a great concept that I feel like it would work today um, with audiences. So I would have to go with Frankenstein just because I don't know if it's the most marketable, though. Mm-hmm. I, you know, most marketable is always going to be Dracula. Yeah. Um, I would love to see a great Wolfman movie or just a werewolf movie in mm-hmm. general. I mean, they swung and missed with, you know, the original, the, the last Wolfman remake that they did. There was potential there, but, you know, once again, they, you know, screwed the pooch, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, you know, just, I mean, that was almost an effects issue. You know, they didn't trust, um, Rick Baker and his awesome effects and instead of like, I don't know, balking at it and Mm -hmm. going CGI, it could have been a fantastic movie, you know? So, but that was once again, studio executives getting involved, you know, in something that they know nothing about, which is producing good movies. (laughs) I I mean, I, I think all of these films have the potential to be well done, especially nowadays. If you just get... The right people behind it, the right um, effects team behind it. You can make a perfect film out of any of these. That's why it was exciting to see that Bloomhouse had picked it up originally until we saw Black Christmas's trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Because mm. that was before Black Christmas's trailer. It's like, oh no, wait a second. <laughs> uh, maybe they don't know what they're doing over there. Um, yeah, no. I, if you if you find someone where this is like a passion project and you keep a lot of the studio executives out and you just allow someone make, you know, a great film. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I truly believe that the Universal Monsters still work. Um, but no, I mean, like, you stole it from me. I thought, you know, the perfect blend of C- today CG plus... Um, practical effects. Practical effects for Frankenstein today mm-hmm. would be amazing. Yes, and there's such it's such a great concept and everything mm-hmm. like that. You know, it, it will always work, I think, just, you know, just the whole idea of, you know, what a man-made, you know, creation like the monster is. Um, it just, it's such a great concept and everything mm-hmm. like that. Just thought-provoking. If it's done well and it's taken seriously, yeah, man, it, it works. So I, I just don't know, though if it's possible like i almost want to see like an indie version of it you know where you get mm-hmm. like you know a24 involved or something like that but obviously they'll never get the fucking rights <laughs> so uh, but it did feel like when you know universal you know handed over the invisible man to bloomhouse maybe we're going to start seeing it because we we're mm-hmm. actually hearing that bloomhouse might actually get more of these movies but i don't know then i hear this i'm like okay you know, yeah. they're they're chomping at the bit to make money. So, and maybe the sense of being great. I love <laughs> Abbott Costello, you know, meets Frankenstein and all the monsters. But I just don't want that to be like the flagship of hmm. any kind of franchise. And maybe we're not giving him enough credit. Maybe he's like, this is going to be my serious horror masterpiece. And we're just saying, yeah, he's a comedy guy. You know? <laughs> That's true. That's true. There's been plenty of people who, mm-hmm. you know, start off with comedy and went into like more serious features. So I guess you're right. Yes. Probably well, not though. <laughs> well, speaking of making new adaptations of old projects, we have Alexander Skarsgard playing the role of Randall Flagg for the Sand. 
I'm excited about this. I feel like that's great casting. Mm-hmm. So, and once again, I think I say it every other fucking week, but I'm really going to have to pick up CBS All Access. <laughs> <laughs> They're killing me with the content right now. They really are. So, and I think you were telling me it's only like five ninety nine or yes, something. Yes, with like ads, it's five ninety nine. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. That's something that's like barely noticeable. So, you know, maybe the wife won't get so mad. <laughs> maybe she won't notice if I pick it Just up. Just don't listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I loved Alexander Skarsgård and True Blood. Mm-hmm. So, and he just, I feel like he embodies like Randall Flagg as a character and such an iconic like horror villain. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like it's a perfect match. I really do. So I, I'm excited to see what they do. And they actually casted a lot more people yeah. uh, this week, too. <laughs> yeah, they're also going to have James Marston, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, and Amber Heard in the film as well. Or show, sorry, as well. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're going all out for the series. Mm-hmm. So. Coming soon to theaters. All right, Christian. So we actually got two final trailers this week. First one, Dr. Sleep. When I was a kid, there was a place. A dark place. They closed it down and let it rot. But the things that lived there... They come back. So this is a sequel to Stephen King's The Shining. Um, I guess kind of the movie and the book in a weird mm-hmm. way, just reading interviews. Um, and we're going to be following a much older Danny Torrance. Yeah, it definitely looks like they're trying to blend as much of the book and the film as possible to, to go into the sequel. Yes, and he somehow uh, run into another young child who has the same kind of powers mm-hmm. that he does, but they're being hunted by this weird cult, it seems like. So, um, this trailer actually gave us the most, I think, we've Mm -hmm. seen out of any of the little small trailers that we've gotten so far, um, just story-wise. It looks like they're actually going to return to the Overlook, Mm -hmm. which I wasn't getting from the other trailers, and I have not read the book. Like, it felt more like visions and stuff, rather than actually going there. In the past trailers, you're Mm -hmm. saying? Yes. Where here, it looks like they're actually going to the Overlook, which is I thought was pretty cool. I'm excited to Mm -hmm. see them revisit the Overlook. How did you feel about that? Um, I I thought it was cool. I thought it was definitely interesting. And it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Especially, like, will it be constantly going from, like, a disheveled look to, like, back in the past? Maybe how how they'll manage that? Yeah, it feels like there's going to be a lot of, like, Mm -hmm. flashbacks and, like, mind fucks going on. Because, yeah, what we thought was just going to be flashbacks for it, you know, throughout it. Yeah, where he's just being haunted by his past. Um, So, and it it seems like even, like, the weird cult is going to be following them Mm -hmm. there. Um, So, I... I love the use of, like, it's... Well, I guess it's not original footage, right? We actually... No, yeah, they're was, recreating it. Man, that's they're doing a damn mm. good job because it looks like it's straight from the original movie. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I kind of forgot about this, honestly. And it's <laughs> yeah. only, like, two months away. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, man, it's just... The last, like, couple years, it's all been about Stephen King. Yes. You know, I mean, obviously, it's always all about Stephen <laughs> King, but he's had quite the resurgence mm-hmm. lately, so. Well, I mean, we're going to be talking about it today. It's with our It's uh, Chapter 2. I mean, these are the biggest, you know, horror films out right now. 
is yeah. the it series so absolutely I mean, absolutely it's making the most money mm-hmm. that's for sure but i mean every time i hear see this trailer um now every time i hear the music it makes me just want to go see it like an adobe theater so i can get that song behind me in yes. every angle yes <laughs> and it feels like well hopefully they'll be using some of the original mm-hmm. score and everything so i think that would be fun all right well then next up we're going into the lighthouse what made your last keeper leave he believed that there was some enchantment in the light. Went mad, he did. Tall tales. But director robert eggers who did the witch um a great movie i don't know if you've seen it i believe you haven't seen it we've talked about Mm. it before so so you should go see it christian uh two lighthouse keepers try to maintain their sanity while living on a remote and mysterious new england island in the 1890s um well, this trailer was batshit crazy. Yes. <laughs> I think this one actually brought me more into it than the uh, first one. Yes. I mean, the first one was good, but this one gave you mm-hmm. a better look at like their downward spiral, I would say. So, I mean, it, it feels like they're going to hit the ground rolling. It doesn't feel like this is going to be kind of your slow burn movie that The Witch was. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm completely wrong. Um, and maybe they're just showing us like the most captivating parts of the movie. But uh, yeah, these two guys are completely insane. And it seems like they're going to come to like wit's end with each other and, you know, come to odds rather quickly. I don't know over what. It seems like there's some kind of like mermaid involved mm-hmm. or, you know, some kind of sea creature or something like that. Um, but it looks like it's going to be fun. So, I mean, anytime I can see Willem Dafoe, like, hopping, skipping through a rainstorm with an axe, I'm on board. Hey, Christian, where did you get that awesome vintage Spider-Man shirt from? Damn it, I scoured the internet looking for cool stuff to wear, and I found this awesome website called westcoastgeeks.com. Plenty of awesome merch that I think even you and our listeners would like. I'm always looking for more nerd swag, Christian. Great, because they've got figures, they got pop figure shirts, hoodies... The works, man. I think they even got graphic novels now. Keep talking, man. Well, I mean, if you go and check it out today, you can use our promo code NERDSHOW. Get 20% off. Hold on. So I'm doing this shit for free, and you've got a whole fucking racket running on the side? Damn, I'm a podcaster. I gotta eat. Well, I like food. Well, then have our listeners head over to westcoastgeeks.com today and get some sweet merch. And don't forget that promo code NERDSHOW. 
right. So like what we were saying before, Stephen King rules our world right now. Um, and we saw a little movie over the weekend called It Chapter 2. Something happens to you when you leave this town. The farther away, the hazier it all gets. But me, I never left. I remember all of it. presentation defeated by members of the loser club the evil clown pennywise returns 27 years later to terrorize the town of dairy maine once again now adults the childhood friends have long since gone their separate ways but when people start disappearing mike calls the others home for one final stand yes all right christian so i was a huge fan of the first that came out a couple years ago so christian first of all to start off i was a huge fan of what andres muschetti did with uh it 2017 the remake um i really enjoyed that film i thought they did a great job of bringing stephen king's novel to you know the big screen and i love the miniseries back you know in the 90s Mm But it pains me to say I was very disappointed with this film overall. It's definitely hit or miss across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, you know, it just didn't do the job. Um, and, you know, unfortunately with the miniseries, you know, the original miniseries in the 90s is kind of the same thing. Like once they got to the adults and focus on the adults, yeah. the story just kind of loses steam. Now, I've never read the novel. So I don't know if that's the case with, you know, Stephen King's original story. But for some reason, they just cannot, I feel, get those adults, the adult story right. Um, it was enjoyable in parts. Um, are we doing spoilers? Yeah. Um, I mean, slight. Mild. Or... Mild spoilers. Um, it was enjoyable. You know, there there was definitely some great beats in it. Mm-hmm. But overall, it just, I don't know where it went wrong. Like, it, you know, yeah. for me, it's a case of tone. You know, and I think part of it was perspective. It's just a lot more effective following the kids mm-hmm. in the original story dealing with a character like Pennywise. When you turn the point of view to adults, it becomes a different movie. And I feel like they didn't handle the horror aspect very well in this film. Yes, you feel like, you know, their lives are being threatened by this clown, but it was never really scary. And part of it is because the tone like shifted strongly towards comedy. And I don't know if that's a case of casting or just a direction that they chose, but it was almost too much comedy where it just, I don't know, tamed the horror. I also feel like they overexposed Pennywise a lot where we saw too much of the Mm -hmm. clown. And I love, you know, everything that Skarsgård is be, you know, doing 
you know, but it was just too much. We saw him too much. So he kind of loses his effect. Um, it becomes really watered down after a while. And like I was saying with the comedy, you know, the way that the adults were reacting to everything that was going on was almost like borderline camp to me at times. Um, the, they're all, I, I, but I'm going to talk out of both sides of my <laughs> mouth here because I felt like there were good mm. performances though. Like, I love everything that James McAvoy did on on film. I loved everything that um, Bill Hader did. I thought he was fantastic. But at the same time, you know, once that group, you know, reunites in that Chinese restaurant, they, I don't know if they're just trying so hard to, you know, make us, you know, believe that they're the same kids that we Mm -hmm. saw in the original movie, you know, a couple years back. But, like, they felt too childlike, you know? And I don't know if they're going for something where, like, you know, the town is affecting them, you know, to bring them back to this childlike state. Because I was like, it felt like they were, like, drugged up or something. I was like, what? Adults wouldn't act this way. (laughs) You know, maybe I'm being too harsh. But it it took me out of the film at times. Um, And it's unfortunate. Uh, there's points in the film too where it just went on too long where they did this whole you know the the classic you know horror movie trope of splitting up where Mm -hmm. they have to go on this like vision quest and they're looking for you know these little keepsakes you know that represent you know basically their journey in childhood and it just it was too much you know, it was like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie on crack where we, you weren't getting a second to breathe at all. And because of that, it just, it wasn't effective. You know, the scares weren't there for me at all. Um, you know, and that's when, and that's where the camp kind of came in to me, for me too. Especially when it came to uh, Eddie's character, um, played by James Ranson, um, who's a great actor. I, I loved him in The Wire. I've seen him in other things. Mm-hmm. I can't name anything off the top of my head right now. But it just... It, oh, you know what? He was in Sinister. He was actually the cop in Sinister. Yeah, he was. In, yeah. in one and two. Two is horrible, by the way. But he's a good actor. But, like, the way he was reacting to shit was just... It was too over the top, you know? And just... It, it, I don't know, man. It, it was it was really disappointing. It's about 25 minutes too long, too. Um, they could have cut it down a lot and it wasn't one of those like I don't mind a movie that's longer mm. but this didn't need to be two hours and 45 minutes this could have been like two hours and 20 and still be a strong piece and actually I feel like it, it, it'd be a case of less is more here where they could have really like let some of those scenes breathe and then you know move on yeah. you know get more character beats I did feel like they stuck the landing, though, you know, with the ending. Um, I did enjoy that. You know, I thought they did a good job of kind of summing up their journey and everything like that, where, you know, you felt like, okay, you know, these characters are getting closure and everything like that, and it felt meaningful. But it just felt like almost like a different movie than the movie we were getting, like, in the middle. So it just felt like the third act didn't you know, match up with where we were the second act. It was like no, it's, two different It's movies. a completely tone and uh, completely, it's a completely different tone and pace by the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Like 100%. Like this, the film has so much to love about it, but at the same time, yeah, it feels like for some reason 
the best way I could describe it to people was, you know, this feels like a reunion film for something that maybe happened 10 years ago rather than two years ago, being like just a simple sequel to it. Mm -hmm. Because it's like each character is trying so hard to pull off being the younger version of themselves inside an adult body that it just feels like, man, they heightened the characters so much from the children's point of view as adults rather like and i agree with you they are not reacting the way an adult would in any of these situations and i thought that was a huge misstep because mm-hmm. like you could get this whole storyline where it's like these parents i mean these adults are not you know accepting what's going on for a little bit at the beginning like i thought they rushed in so quickly like the beginning of the film is so fast-paced Yes. Um, you get them all going to meet up with Mike at the Chinese restaurant. It felt like in like five to ten minutes. They could have taken more time to exactly. develop them as adults. Let us know who these people are now. Mm. But they didn't do that. And because they were rushing through that, you get like, oh, uh, Beverly's dating pretty much her father as an adult. And like, and it's like quick, like... It's not. It doesn't make you care for any of these characters. Yeah, I felt like I cared way less for them as adults as I did for children. You now, know? were you surprised with the amount of flashbacks that we got throughout um, the film? Because I felt like we, like I knew we would get some flashbacks, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like it was too much. I didn't think it was too much, but it just felt like okay. If you're gonna like like pick a lane, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like okay, if we're gonna use this much flashback, and also like I think part of my annoyance with it was I didn't really, like, they had to use the de-aging process on some of them. Yes. You know, obviously, because we're dealing with kids who were preteens when they sh- originally shot the film, and now they're coming back. I, I mean, it's unfortunate that they didn't, you know, I don't. I guess they didn't have the confidence at the time in shooting the film where they could have shot the shit back to back, at least the kids' scenes, because uh, I think that would have been a big help, because some, just something with their faces just yeah, It felt off. almost video gamey at times. Yes, so was like, it was hey. too much, and they were very confident in what they'd done, you know, mm-hmm. with the effects. A little too confident, because they were showing you, like, straight up, almost like fucking Superman and Justice League, that opening yeah. scene. And for some reason, they were doing this weird thing with the lighting, where it almost felt like you were... You know, looking at this glazed version of all the characters when they were younger. Yes, yes. "Eh." But I think that's probably part of the de-aging effect. Yeah, no. But I just think that's just weird. Yeah. It took me more out of it at that point. They don't have that Disney Mm. money, you know? (laughs) You know, the MCU fucking Uh kills it with those. I think we just take it for granted now. Like, Mm -hmm. the technology is just at hand, you know. But, you know, not obviously everyone can get the quality that, you know, Marvel's been getting. So, um the score annoyed the shit out of me during this film. I felt like it was overscored at Mm -hmm. times where it was like telegraphing a lot of the scares. And I also didn't like a lot of the creature designs that they did. I felt like, you know, especially in particularly the um, scene with the old lady when Beverly goes, you know, to her old house and everything Mm -hmm. like that, you know, looking for clues, I guess, or trying to find her, you know, she's on her vision quest whatever you want to, you know, call it, her token, if you will. Mm. Um, She meets up with the old lady. And it's an effective scene, but then, you know, we see what we didn't see in that extended trailer. You know, we see what she, the the old lady actually, like, transforms into. And it looked borderline, like, cartoony to me. It it did, it, like, almost took me out of the film where it felt laughable. 
So I was really disappointed because we kind of saw them like delve into like some CGI effects and creatures and stuff like that, you know, in the first film. But it just felt like I was like what I was imagining mm-hmm. was way worse scarier, than yeah. what I yeah I had like weird naked old lady creature running at the screen and that's not at all what we got maybe with like giant praying mantis arms you know like swinging yes, at her yes. that's what I was expecting yeah. but uh, <laughs> just, I don't know man it, out of out of all of that sequence though I thought that was the best one handled. And that was the, that's what disappointed me the most was I was expecting like okay well if this is what they're gonna do maybe they're gonna like slowly build to the scare for each person but it just ran through it yes. for each person going on their like as you're saying vision quests for their token of it, the past yes yes and I it, like I said it felt like a Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. movie on crack which is crazy to say but like. They were just stacking those, like, sequences on top of each other where it's like, okay, I don't know what's real and what's not real. And when it comes to that, where you blur the lines so much, it just completely took me out of it. So um, there was no tension or suspense built at all. Why did McAvoy need his old bike? I get that he's looking for a token. So maybe that was his token, but then he immediately rides it back to his house. Actually, the token ends it up being georgie's ship mm-hmm. right yeah the paper uh boat um that was one of the most goofy moments was when he starts riding the bike for me and it's just like falling apart on him you know it's funny because in the original miniseries there's the whole bit where he has his wife with him and she's like comatose and then he like rides with her on the bike and that like wakes mm-hmm. her up um I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess it was just... And that that scene, you know, with Stephen King doing a cameo, it was a little overindulgent. Yeah, it was very camp, too. (laughs) Yes, and it was overindulgent. A lot of this film was, you know, them overindulging in a lot of it. I was waiting for Stephen King to turn into Pennywise there in that scene. Yes. The whole moment, I was like, oh. You know, when I originally saw, you know, the remake, I thought that the pharmacist was Stephen King. Uh, in makeup, mm-hmm. you know, um, so I was I was a little like taken aback. I was like, "That's not Stephen King." So, um, and we actually saw the pharmacist again and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, Did you feel like there was too many callbacks in this film? Well, the whole movie should I, be a callback. Yes, right? but it felt like just over like doing it. Like they bring up the um, girl who wrote "Loser" on his arm and everything. She shows up. At the pharmacy. Well, she's the daughter of the yes, pharmacist. But it's just like, I don't know. It all felt super campy. Well, I mean, that it did feel campy. But I understand why they would go that way. Just because it's supposed to be these kids like going down memory lane, reliving their childhood and everything like that. So I understood why it was part of the plot. But the way it was executed. Mm, that's yes. what I was going to say. I, was, I think there was a better execution. Yes, too. absolutely. I agree with you. Um, yeah, no, I was really looking forward mm-hmm. to this movie. Um, but like once again, I felt like the performances were all strong. It's just a case of script and editing. In no shame before do I hate this movie. I just think there was a better story that they could have done, a better reworking of it, chapter two, that they could have done. I think it's just a case of editing too. I yes. feel like there's still there's a better movie in that mm-hmm. movie, you know, like where you could shave you know, 25 minutes off the film and you could get that better movie. Like, you know, almost like a reverse director's cut. (laughs) A fan cut. Where it's Uh like, okay, we don't need all this. 
let's just go ahead and let some of these scenes breathe a little and you know hey we got a horror movie that works yes so i yeah no but overall yeah a little disappointed but bill Hader though let's talk about bill Hader because <laughs> <laughs> he's so, he, the movie is genuinely funny mm-hmm. i will say that you know and a lot of it is due to him and his performance the problem was it was just misplaced comedy. Mm-hmm. So, but his range though in the role and everything, I like the ring, the new wrinkle to Richie's character, the fact that they have him as like this closeted character who's been like suffering through this, you know, all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, it just brought this like just a new layer and like more depth to the character character that I felt like was really needed, and I thought became like a driving force for you know part of the film you know once you have that reveal happen you know that that which i think was one one of the more effective scenes with you know Mm -hmm. his younger self in the arcade and everything and just seeing that heartbreak on screen um i it got me more interested in who he was even more so than bill Mm. i mean like him at the end with um with the moments with Eddie, uh, just like having a breakdown and everything, I thought, man, he, Bill Hader can act. Yeah, like, this is insane. How much range he's had in this entire film, especially in the river mm-hmm. when you know he just totally loses it, and they all like surround him and are, are consoling him and everything like that. That's what I mean by him, them like really like sticking the mm-hmm. landing, you know, with the ending. Where I was like, okay, this is a great ending. This is a great conclusion arc for you know some of the characters. It's just that second act that kills me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I was actually for some reason when I was watching it, the flashbacks between. Um, him and Stanley stood out to me more than um, him and Eddie. So I thought his relationship was actually more geared towards him and Stanley having a relationship in the background that the others didn't Where know. he had feelings for yeah. Stanley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I totally thought that too until we lost Eddie yes. and we saw his reaction. And it made sense. You know, they're back and forth. They're constant, like, fighting and everything. Yes, the rapport yes. is definitely strong, you know, and hilarious through much of the film. It's just unfortunate mm-hmm. that, you know, it was taking place during a horror movie. <laughs> um, so I... I, I I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, there, there's so much in the movie that I did like, mm-hmm. but just overall, I was just disappointed. You know? Um, well, we don't talk in words. We talk in star numbers. That's right. So, Christian, what would you rate this movie? Um, It's hard, because there's a lot of movies that I'm putting it on the same line as that I don't agree. Like, I feel like this is still better than most of those. Mm-hmm. I would say it's still a high 3.5 for me. Okay. I'm going to give it a 3. Okay. I'm gonna get, and I think part of that is just expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a huge fan of the first, you know, film, so uh, it just overall, I walked out pretty disappointed. So and I can't get away from that. And it's one of those things where I'm reflecting back, and I was like, oh, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed this, but overall, I can't shake that disappointment. You know, walking out of the film, it, it really just took me back. You know just tone wise mm-hmm. where they chose to take the movie so I gotta give it a three but I it's one of those things where I feel like once I revisit it and sit with it for a while that rating might go up a mm-hmm. little but whatever it is what it is all right all right Christian you like podcasts I love them I love podcasts 
Have you heard of this new PodCoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards, um, Amazon, Starbucks. I believe they even have Target. Um, you can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity if you want. Wow. If really? you're actually a good person, unlike yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, damn it. Me like too. Daily. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Uh, and right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NerdShow, you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well, wait till the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and go download PodCoin. All right. The pod player that pays. Somebody told me that it had been over 20 years since Stone Cold has been to the gun. And before we take care of this illustrious contract signing, let me go back down memory road one time. I'll never forget. I was standing over here in the corner. Survivor Series. I was going up against the one and only Breath the Hitman Hart. And I came out here and I leaned on this turnbuckle and they hit Brett's music and that guitar riff just raised every hair up on my arm. And I was thinking, hell man, that's Brett the Hitman Hartfish come out here and I'm just get a piece of his <laughs> And that was a heavy duty moment in my career and I'll never forget it. And then I'll never forget also, WWE was worried about my damn neck. Had Vince out here trying to serenade me and I looked at his to the eyes and I said, eh, eh. And I hit his with the first Stone Cold Stunner that Vincent Mann ever took. Right here in this building. Good times here and more good times to come. I'm happy to be here. Damon hates wrestling. All right, Christian, it's that time again. Let's talk some wrestling. We're going to preview WWE's Clash of Champions. Yes. So... Like always, probably in the pre-show, we are going to have a 205 Live match that we don't know shit about. Yes. So we're not even going to predict it. All right? Here, you know what? Drew Gulak's going to win. How's that? I'm going with Lynn Storato. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, in an interview recently with Triple H, mm. I think over the past week, he kind of alluded to 205, and this was a rumor that was floating around, actually being folded into NXT. I don't know hmm. if the you know interviewee or interviewer like asked him the question, but it was being reported that he did kind of say that is a possibility. I guess. Um, how do you feel about that? I mean, there's room on the show if they're making it longer. It makes sense, right? Because uh -huh. if you're gonna have a two hour long show, but you don't want to change the way the show is kind of formatted, if you add the cruiserweight division, I mean that can help you do that you know exactly. you can execute something like that where you don't have to necessarily change your formula but you just kind of like inject these great cruiserweights 
I think that makes sense. I hope that actually is the case because maybe I'll actually know the product and yes. care about these guys because <laughs> right now I definitely don't, unfortunately. Um, and I don't feel like it's their fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, they're all very talented wrestlers. Just They're just being forced to kind of wrestle this weird WWE style. It's just not working yes. for them. So. Well, Damon, a match that I know you definitely care about is the Women's Tag Team Championship match between Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't at all, Christian. Um, and I, it feels like the company doesn't really no, care about yeah. this at all. Um, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are faces all of a sudden. I'm not sure how or why that happened. But, you know, they went from just a couple weeks ago being heels and Coffee cheating. and being right about Bailey. Yeah, like cheating to win most of the time. And all of a sudden, I guess they witnessed the heel turn by Bailey, And that just made them faces de facto wise. I don't know. But whatever. Um, Mandy Rose did a promo on SmackDown. Literally called Nikki Cross ugly. I was like, really? Are we doing this again, Vince? Um... <laughs> So, and it just, it died, you know, a million deaths. It just, the execution was mm-hmm. awful. The The dialogue was horrible. So, um. Not it, really surprised by me. Yes, but it's still, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I expect so much <laughs> at this point. But it, Nikki Cross came out, defeated them, which once again, you go to the true, the tried and true standard, you know, formula for, you know, wrestling pay-per-views tells me there's a good chance that Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville are going to yes, end up I, walking away with those titles. I hate that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they mix it up, mm. though. But usually that's not the case. Um, I'm okay with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. What are the Fire and Desire? Yes. Okay, Fire and Desire. Uh, walking away with the belts just to change it up a little. Because I'm not buying Alexa Bliss and Nikki <laughs> Cross at all. Um, it, it just feels like they're supposed to implode at any moment, um, even though they kind of forgot that. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just kind of over them as a team. No, this just all feels so thrown together. I want Nikki to be a monster again. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand what her character is anymore, besides an Alexa Bliss fan. Uh, it's just really disappointing what they've done with the tag team division. So... Um, your prediction is what, Christian? I, I mean, I agree. I feel like this is going to be fire and desire winning. Yes. And maybe something happens where it causes a wedge between Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Mm-hmm. And we get that, like, monster character that made Nikki Cross different. Um, you know, that that's what I'm hoping for. Maybe Nikki, it. Nikki Cross actually turns on her. That'd be nice, but I doubt it. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> what do we have next? Uh, we got Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. Hopefully the conclusion to this storyline. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just the next chapter. Uh, I still find it hard to believe that Eric Rowan was working on his own. I find it hard to believe that WWE has any idea who actually... No, is. they don't. <laughs> and apparently, like, Vince was literally ripping up scripts hours before SmackDown, changing shit last minute, to the point where I guess the writers had no idea what the hell was going on with the angle anymore. There was a fake Rowan introduced, and then we never saw him again. Like, who put this fake Rowan up to it? Like, who... like. It made it seem like Daniel Bryan might be involved, but apparently he's not unless part of his plan is to get, like, claw slammed through a fucking table, which just seems insane. Uh, 
I don't know. The only thing that's come out of this is like Eric Rowan can actually talk. That's the only thing that's come out of this. I still feel like it's got there's got to be someone else involved, even though he's claiming that you know he's no one's puppet. He's someone's puppet. So unless they're just like we're done with this, we have to wrap this up. You know, um, it feels like this should just be an easy win for Rowan. Or not for Roman. For Roman. For Roman. Um, <laughs> not for Rowan. Uh, so I'd pop if Rowan <laughs> got over. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's hijinks. You know, maybe there's some kind of run in. Could we see Luke Harper? No. <laughs> He's at home. There was a report that came out that, you know, Vince is just not interested in him. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't know. But maybe that's a smokescreen. So. I still don't care about the angle. No, Even if yeah. it was the <laughs> At this point, it's wasted way too much of my time and energy. So, uh, I, man, I don't know. I don't know. They're just doing shit with fucking Roman Reigns, right? <laughs> mm, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know. I don't know. It feels like they're just trying to keep him out of that title picture for a little bit before they push him again. But they kind of got lost somewhere. I mean, God, he wasn't even on SummerSlam. Him and Daniel Bryan both because of this fucking angle mm-hmm. and the mismanagement of it. How insane is that? I hope the ring is like just surrounded by fake Rowans. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love it. And they all have that stupid mask he used to wear on. <laughs> the sheep. And they just reveal themselves mm. as all fucking like, yeah, fake, you know, dupes. I don't know, man. It just, it it's horrible. Because I, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was thinking that maybe Bray Wyatt was involved somehow. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't, um, but whatever. Um, next up, we have the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match between the New Day and the Revival. It's going to be a good match. They've done nothing to like set this up recently because mm-hmm. New Day's both they uh, both of them have been injured. They've been calling them something horrible, like rkftc or something like that on social media they haven't done it on camera randall keith fuck the revival i don't i have no idea man i don't know it just feels like pure laziness i like the idea of the stable though like i feel like they work well together but when it comes to the tag match they've done nothing for this since they Mm -hmm. took out Big E and xavier woods so um there's been no builds for this but that's you know shows you how much WWE cares about their tag division. Exactly. So. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised at this point. There's great potential for an awesome match, mm-hmm. but I don't know if this is going to just be an easy win for the revival since they're both injured. If they're going to play that up, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm, I'm going to go New Day here. Yeah, I, I don't think that they're ready to take the tag t- titles off the New Day. It feels but like it's a just, good excuse, and it feels like they just want it. So. Mm-hmm. All right, what do we have next? Uh, we have the Intercontinental Championship match between Nakamura and The Miz. I think The Miz is going to win this, unfortunately. And it makes no sense because they just put Sami Zayn and Nakamura together. Mm-hmm. So you think they want to push them, but I know that you know Jericho has that, you know, uh, I think he's got like nine Intercontinental title wins or something ridiculous. So Miz They're is like... trying to break the record. Yes. Absolutely. So Miz is like one away from tying him. So I feel like of they course. want him to get that. And that's the whole reason why this whole angle is even happening. So maybe he loses here and then eventually wins, you know, you know, another pay-per-view or something like that. But it's going to happen. 
So it, I like the pairing of Nakamura and Zayn, though. I do. I feel like they're going to work well together. Nakamura was on commentary this week, and he only spoke Japanese, <laughs> which I thought was fun. So, And Zayn is a great talker, and he can work as a heel manager. I mean, I hope that doesn't mean that we won't see him wrestling. Um, I want to see him in the ring, mm-hmm. but... It, you know, not if they're going to be jobbing him every fucking night. Because, I, God, he hasn't won a match in, like, fucking four months. So, um, but, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe <laughs> Vince isn't this petty. And, you know, maybe this whole angle isn't just to put the belt on Miz. Um, you're, you're betting on Vince not being petty. Huh? I know, right? Uh, <laughs> Andrade had a match with the Miz this week on SmackDown. And I don't mean to shit all over the Miz, but it just showed you like how out of his league he is when he's like going up against a caliber wrestler like Andrade mm. or Nakamura. Um, I it he has no business being in the ring <laughs> with those guys. He just wrestles such a different like I don't know safe WWE style that it's glaring. Mm-hmm. You know the contrast between you know the two you know wrestlers. So. I, and of course, Miz got the win because you know he—they're trying to gear him up for you know an IC title win. I'm waiting know. for the day that they push Andrade. It's not—they are always start and stop with him. Mm-hmm. So it's just not believable for me to watch Miz confront people like Nakamura and Andrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make me believe that he's on their level. So it's unfortunate because I—I feel like the Miz is an underrated talent, but you know. Apparently, he still sucks, too. <laughs> Maybe it was just a bad match. I don't know. But it, it just didn't work. I don't know. One King Chasa, I would imagine The Miz would be down. Yeah. No, he's not a tough guy where he should be able to yeah. absorb more than that. <laughs> so, um, All right. What do we have next? Um, AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander for the United States Championship. This should be a fun match. Mm-hmm. I think lately they've actually done a pretty good job of building up Cedric Alexander um, and making him, like, legit. Um, I could see him pulling off a surprise win here over AJ Styles. I think this would, you know, help him a lot. Um, It's one of those things where I don't want them to get, like, too wishy-washy with him. You know, actually do something big with him. You know, have him win a fucking title. I think that would really help lend some credibility to him. Mm-hmm. You know, now, they've been slowly doing it, but they haven't completely committed yet. Uh, now, like, I haven't really been checking in with the club mostly, but how how has that been going since they've reunited? Um, once again, it's kind of hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, some weeks they're just Ken fodder, you know, for your lead babyface, whoever that is. Um, and then there's other weeks where they seem like a legit threat, uh, where they're just beating down people backstage. So, you know, it has potential, but it's just bad booking half mm. the time. It's uneven. So I just wish that they would make them into Monster Hills where they're really, you know, kind of dominating Raw where people are really worried about them. Because right now it just seems like they're the bad guys that come out and you know yeah. get beat up by Seth Rollins and <laughs> friends. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's unfortunate because I did have high hopes for some reason when they put them back together. Mm. I love AJ as a heel though. 
he can be so vicious in the ring and everything like that. And it just seems so freeing to him, like on the mic and everything. We're getting to see a different side of AEW. It just had felt like it was a response to everything that was going on with AEW. It did a little bit, yeah. Um, if they want to go like full on board with that, where it's a total like reactionary, you know, type deal, they could get Finn to join up, and I feel like that'd be this you know, the smart course of action. But they're never gonna fully do that because mm-hmm. I feel like they're too worried about making Finn a, a heel, and I don't understand why. It's not like they're doing much with him as a babyface right now. So, and I think that would get fans, like, legitimately excited. But, you know, what what the fuck do we know? So, uh, but yeah, no, I would love to see Cedric win, but I'm going to say he's going to lose. Because that's just, you know, mm-hmm. WWE's booking. <laughs> so I'm going to go with AJ here. Yeah, I definitely thought AJ would continue to hold the or title. Maybe, well, maybe Cedric will win by DQ. Maybe he'll just get jumped. Because they are, the club are, is just jumping people. Mm. You know, when they feel like, you know, AJ is close to losing a match or something like that. That's actually what happened on Raw. So, yeah. So, fuck that. No. It happened on <laughs> Raw. <laughs> so, I'm going to say that AJ just wins cleanly here. All game. right. All right. Next up, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship match between Bailey and Charlotte. How we feel about heel Bailey so far? It's been okay. I, 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 I don't hate it, at mm. least. They need to push... The whole aspect of her character of just preaching that she's a role model more to get that over. She didn't really pull it off and execute it well in the ring during her promo. Um, But they went back and they did this nice little promo package with her while Mm -hmm. she's like, she's giving the little speech about her being a role model. And like they intercut her beating um, Becky with the chair. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, well that works, you know. Um, but like at the time when she was delivering her promo, it was like it felt too straight where it was like, OK, like I, I'm not buying this right now. And I don't see like you're not you don't feel heelish enough mm-hmm. for me. Um, it was just too dry. And I think that's just her mic skills, unfortunately. So um, Charlotte's in a weird place because she's also supposed to be heel. Yes. The match they had. The uh, four horsewoman, you know, tag match where you had Becky and Charlotte versus Sasha and Bailey. It was a really good fucking match. Um, it was really well done. Mm-hmm. And I, it's one of those matches that are just fun to watch because you know you've got four friends in there who are willing to go all exactly. out. You know, and are not They all worried. know each other so well. Yes, they're not worried about working safe. So I thought it was a really well put together match. It's funny though. I was thinking, I was like, we've never seen these women all on the same page, you know, besides like celebrating at the end of like a great match, like at, you know, an NXT takeover. I feel like character wise, we've never seen them all together. Mm-hmm. You know, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they ever decide to do that one day. You know, we, we always heard rumors about, you know, you know, WWE's four horsewomen going against, you know, the UFC's four horsewomen. Um, but that seems like it's a long shot at best right now. Yeah. So they moved uh, Ronda Rousey to the alumni section recently. I mean, after seeing like the um, tag match, I wouldn't mind there being a full fatal four way between all of them at Mania or something like that. Rather than I, I know we did get the triple threat before, but I would be interested in that at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would be fun. That that could be a great match. I I tend not to like you know. 
four ways, mm-hmm. like especially at Mania. I, I guess I'm a purist where I want a one on one for the title, but man, that could be fucking all out. You know, just seeing them just you know tear the house down. That that would definitely be fun to see. Well, um, who do you have winning this match so far? I'm gonna say Bailey's gonna win this match. She's gonna or she's gonna get herself DQ'd. So we're going to see more heel tactics from Bailey to get over that character now. You know, this yeah, this new first, chapter. At first I was worried that this was just a, you know, a shuttle to get Charlotte the title again. But after, you know, seeing Bailey have some form of character development finally, um I I definitely agree that she might hold on to the title for this time. Yeah. Yeah. And I let let her, you know, come into her own as this mm. heel character and see where it takes us. And she can keep on feuding with Charlotte for a while. So um, they need to stop beating Ember Moon, though, because she had a match with <laughs> Ember Moon on SmackDown where she just pretty much dominated. It was an okay match, but it was like, really, we got to have Ember Moon mm. like lose again to Bailey. Can we just like give her some space? You don't know, have Bailey beat someone else because there are other women on the roster that they seem to like. Just forgotten about this past like couple months. So, um, all right, what do we have next? Uh, next is Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. This is interesting. I'm actually gonna say Sasha wins here. You I think, think they'll both be carrying the titles and they can like call themselves honorary tag team champions? Something, something like, like that. that. I, I I definitely feel like it's time. Um. For Becky to drop that title and let Sasha, you know, carry it for a little bit. I think really the heat for Becky is chasing after that belt. Mm -hmm. So um, her character's gotten a little stale. It's not her fault. It's the booking's fault. Um, And I feel like if you have Becky chasing after Sasha, you know, they can build her up again. We see glances of Mm -hmm. it here and there, but overall it's just been kind of flat. Especially if you get, like, Bailey to come in and cheat for her to win as well. Mm-hmm. That builds both of them as heels. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like it's going to be a great match, though. I'm excited for this mm-hmm. match. So, um, but I just hope they have enough time. I mean, their their match in NXT is still probably one of my favorite women's matches. Becky ever. versus Sasha? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and that's was, what sold me on Becky in the first place. Was that a takeover? Um, I'm not sure. I think it was actually just a regular taping. Oh, really? Okay. It wasn't um, at a takeover just yet. Was it? Did Sasha have the title? Um, I'm trying to remember. I, yes, she did. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. They I, were I, breaking up their like um, team at the time. Okay. Yeah, because right, they were paired together mm. for a little bit. I forgot about that. Jesus Christ! It feels so long ago. <laughs> My God. Um, man. Yeah. I just, they really need to catch lightning in a bottle again with Becky, I feel like. And just, you know, she was so hot, you mm-hmm. know, what, like just a year ago, um, where now it's just been so flat since Mania. You know, it's unfortunate. So, all right, what do we have next? Um, next up, we have the Raw Tag Team Championship match with Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman going up against Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. All right, so this feels very, very predictable just because you've also got Seth and Braun facing each other yeah. later on in the night for the championship, uh, the Universal Championship. That being said, I feel like maybe we actually have Seth and Braun 
retain here. Yeah, that's supposed to be the swerve. Is that you they know, hold on to it? Yeah, that's that's what I'm guessing. And then you know, after this heated battle, they're still having to defend those tag team belts. Um, and that way, you can kind of keep the program going because mm-hmm. I don't feel like this is going to be a one off. Um, unfortunately, uh, we don't did okay so. Did Bray actually announce who he was going after? Was no, it, he said whoever wins this match. Yeah, Kofi wasn't in the picture no. at all. Okay. I mean, they could totally swerve everyone and say, "Oh, he's going after Kofi now," but no, because he did. He right. He it was. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm still gonna say they keep the titles. I think they're gonna keep the tag team belts. Mm. Um, that being said, since we know where they're you know headed with Hell in the Cell, that's October, right? Yep. Yeah, so I, I'm still saying they're keeping the belts. I don't know. Maybe they add one of them into the Hell in the Cell. Um, but yeah, I just don't see Dolphin Robert Roode. Do you think them. they make it a triple threat? How frustrating is it? Yes. That, <laughs> like, they've got all these other teams that are established, and they just throw together Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode and put them in this. Yeah, I thought that match. was a weird choice in general. I feel like, I mean,. There's potential with them as a tag mm-hmm. team, but like, why do it now? Unless they're just supposed to be cannon fodder, you know, for, you know, just someone, they don't want to beat anyone else, but we'll just beat these guys because they're not a real fucking team anyway. Do you know they're going to do the Ziggler spot again? What is that? Or he calls them out at the end of the match. Oh God, I hope not where it goes on way mm-hmm. too long. Just to have Braun beat him up pretty much. Over and over again. I don't know, man. Um, Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to say Seth and Braun go over here. Yeah. So just a nice little, like, you know, different chapter. Be to unexpected. Story. Yes, exactly. All right. Um, and then next up, we have Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. Uh, I still don't know where they're going to go with this at this point. So after the last pay per view, I did feel like they did a good job of recovering. Um, you know, the match itself just didn't work. You know, mm-hmm. it was a botch ending for me. Um, you know, I, it just, it was one of those cases where I don't think they executed what they wanted to do well. You know, having Randy get into the family's face, Kofi's family's face, and then, you know, having Kofi run out and get disqualified. Mm-hmm. Or, oh no, I'm sorry. They got counted, counted out. out yes. Which, that's the problem. It's the whole count-out. They should have just had him get disqualified, you know. Have Kofi fucking go completely insane and just start beating him to death, you know, with a chair or the kendo stick, right? Mm-hmm. He pulled out a kendo stick. You know, and then just leave us wanting more or something, and then Randy could brag that, well, you couldn't beat me. You know, it, it, it just didn't work. And Randy didn't, like, get into the family's face enough for no, me like to feel like... Seconds. Yes, it wasn't warranted. Um, maybe Kofi was scared about, like, traumatizing his child or something. I don't know. But um, the execution was lackluster. But that being said, everything they've done since then did work. Like, everything with the revival and everything like that. Them taking out the New Day. Um, it, you know, on Raw, they did this whole callback to, you know, 10 years ago in Madison, you know, Square Garden, where um, Kofi, you know, puts mm-hmm. uh, Randy through the table. Um, that all worked. I I want to see Randy win the belts here. You know, I feel like 
it's time. I feel like, you know, it, the program can continue. It's okay if they trade the belt back and forth here. So I, I think that will help this whole program. And, you know, it, just add a little spark to Kofi's run. Austin lost the belt all mm-hmm. the time. You know, it happened. You know, it, he'd win it back like the next week, but it would happen. There's nothing wrong with someone losing the belt once, you know, during a run. We don't have to have these extended runs, um, you know, without any kind of interruption. You know, it could be just a little bump in the road and, you know, something for him to overcome, to gain interest again in the character. Because that's I, when he was hottest. Yeah. I just worry, like, if they still consider him that kind of character to play with at yeah, this point. I know? don't know. I don't know. Because it really, I mean, this is probably his best program, you know, that mm-hmm. he's worked. I mean, everything else has been kind of like one and done. So he really hasn't had that, like, I don't know, signature kind of, you know, feud at this point. So this is probably, this has definitely been his best you know, out of everything. I mean, mm-hmm. what was it? Owens, Ziggler, you know, everything's just been kind of like, all right, sure. Um, There's so many matches where They're I just, booking him strong. Mm-hmm. So many matches where I just, I, I imagine like, what if they had taken like Nakamura more seriously and he was the heel to Kofi Kingston right now? Yeah. That'd be fucking amazing. That would be. Yeah, you know, that's... That's not WWE, <laughs> man. I know. <laughs> That's not the product, unfortunately. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Randy Orton here. I'm going to say Randy Orton wins so we can continue this feud, mm. you know, and we get Kofi chasing. I, I'm going to stick with Kingston, but I do think the feud will continue. See, if Randy loses, I don't know, man. Cause they he do his, it all the time. He now. got his ass kicked that first match. So it could be disqualification. It could be, it. who knows? I guess. I just don't want to see it. <laughs> All right. Uh, last but not least, we have Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman in their championship match. Yes, for the Universal title. Mm-hmm. Do you want to see this match, Christian? Not in particular. At this <laughs> at this point, I'm just kind of waiting to see who's fated, fighting Braun. Not Braun. Who's fighting Bray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do we have a, a case where Bray interferes here? I mean, that would be... It's a no contest. That would be the easy route. I could easily say um, it would be a triple threat match at Hell in a Cell, just so you can keep those guys all in a storyline together. But See, I wonder if that overexposes Bray. I, how do you feel about Bray like already being announced? I don't like it at all. Right? Yeah. And I don't like that. It's just like, okay, this is what's happening. And I, w- I wonder if it's a case of it getting leaked out and then they just said, well, fuck it. We'll just run with it. Because mm-hmm. um, I would have much rather have it happen organically through a storyline or something like that. Where like, you know, at the end of this match, he attacks the winner. You know, it'd be a great way to like end the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So you know, keep him off TV and then just have him show up and attack the winner of this match. And then, yes, then you move to the Hell in the Cell. But to have them just kind of announce it like three weeks, four weeks out, just, I don't know, feels weak. It would have been something exciting for Hell in a Cell if it was just Seth versus Braun and he shows up at the end. Oh, uh, actual, in the actual uh, cage? Hell yeah. in the Cell? See, I don't mind him being in the Hell in the Cell. Um, 
you know, I and I don't think you want to keep the character off camera or without like an angle until then. But, you know, I feel like it would just it would add a it would be a nice way mm-hmm. to close out this night having Bray, you know, in there and then you know where you're headed. Um it I just, felt like we were gonna get a like slow burn storyline with Bray. Like we were going to get like he makes just an appearance and attacks someone, disappears for a little bit, comes back, makes like um, cryptic messages all the time, but we don't know exactly where he's going exactly. You know? Well, if you look at it, it really has been that. It's just the fact that they kind of made this announcement that feels mm-hmm. like it sped everything up. Like if they didn't make that announcement and they, we're still getting... Because after the last pay-per-view, we haven't really seen him that much. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done many vignettes. There was like a couple weeks where he wasn't even on the show. So that's been kind of happening. It's just all of a sudden this announcement is just like shotgun everything. Um, and but once again, I don't know if that's on purpose or they just felt like, okay, it leaked. We might as well just go with it. We can do a vignette over it. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would have liked to see, like, I was really expecting him to attack like Austin this weekend. Mm-hmm. This weekend. This past Raw. Um, but you know, that didn't happen. And then I was kind of expecting him to attack Undertaker on uh, on SmackDown. Yeah. But, of course, that didn't happen. It's like, okay, if you're going to have these guys on, and I understand, you know, it's just trying to use the legends to get, you know, eyes on the product. But if they're not going to further help any of the other talent out, is it really doing anyone any good? You know, this is a great way. Uh, that would have been a great way to make Bray. You know, and, you know... You saw him attack Foley. You know, now he's going after, you know, two of the biggest names in WWE's history. Because we haven't seen Austin get taken out, Jesus, mm. since who knows when. You know, decades, <laughs> it feels like. You know, since he was like the sheriff of Raw, maybe. So, and I, I know it would have led to a lot of people speculating is Austin coming back for a match or whatever. It, he would have been fine, mm. regardless of what they would have chosen to do. Um but it would have really made that character. So I was really, you know, you know, with Undertaker, my worry was like, okay, does that mean we're going to get another Undertaker, you know, Wyatt match at WrestleMania? So when like Raw like ended, I was like, oh no, he's going to take the Undertaker and we're going to end up mm-hmm. teasing that match um, well, happening later on. What do you feel about the the rumor of him going after Undertaker next because of the time that the clock stopped at? Well, that's, that was the whole thing, was it felt like they are teasing that because he was on SmackDown the next night. So I don't know if that's even... I think that was just kind of like a smokescreen to mm. get people to watch, hoping that something like that would happen. Instead, you got The Undertaker choke-slamming Sami Zayn. Yeah, it's disappointing to see that, you know, he's not getting into something with Undertaker right now. Just I a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. So. And if he was to fight Undertaker at Mania again, I would hope that it would be a loss for Undertaker at this point. I don't know. I just, I, if he attacked the Undertaker, I would just hope it'd be a one off and uh-huh. we wouldn't see the Undertaker for a little bit. <laughs> at least sell it for crying it's out loud. That's not how it works. I know. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why they're being so protective of him. I feel like Austin would actually be willing oh, yeah. to do it too. So I don't know why they're protecting him. And it, it was. Just the perfect time for that. So. Oh man, it was better for him to, you know, stunner AJ Styles a million times. Yes, and have a, another beer bash. Uh-huh. So he just makes everyone look bad. They need to keep him off the show too. 
my God, his charisma <laughs> is like such a different level than everyone else. It's, it's just horrifying. I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do in like 10, 15 years? Like there's no superstars anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just depressing. Like, who's your who's your biggest superstar right now on, on either of the shows? I mean, they argue that it's Roman Reigns. He doesn't. He won't have the, the staying power that Austin or even fucking Cena has. He's mm-hmm. not going to get these responses. It's just depressing. They need to make some superstars, man. It, it's just, it's at that point where it's like desperate. They need to let people win matches. You know, that's the problem is that fucking 50-50 bo- I'm not going to go on the title. Okay, anyway. <laughs> All right. So was that the last match? Yeah, it's the last match of the card, man. Are you looking forward to this? Not really. <laughs> I mean, potential. if I'm being honest. There's potential for some hmm. good matches. But once again, like, the storylines are doing nothing for me, man. Nothing. How are you looking forward to uh, NXT next week? Debuting on Wednesday. Um, you know, I'm interested to see what they do. You know, like, they had a strong week this week with, uh, like, Shayna Baszler going up against um, Rhea, uh, Rhea. So it's just, it's interesting to see what they're going to do now that everything is live. You know, they had Johnny, you know, going, I'm NXT for life. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. they're definitely pushing that edge, but... Do you think they're going to start promoting it as a third brand instead of, like, the minor leagues? I think that's what they're going to plan to do, you know? Okay. It's That's still... what they did with ECW when they brought that back, and it True. never, no one really believed it. Unfortunately, um, now this week we had a horrible angle shot with Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin is still crying poor, uh, <laughs> groveling to Shane O'Mac in the back over this hundred thousand uh, dollars. Shane tells him, you know, oh Shane put himself into the king of the ring. You know, if I, which we didn't even talk about. Yes. King of the Ring, the finals, was supposed to be on this card. And I, I don't know if it was because the rating was so bad on Monday. They got demolished by the NFL. But they moved it to Raw this week, this coming week. So um, that's because that was one of the things I was looking most forward to. So we're getting Chad Gable versus Baron Corbin, and that's because Elias apparently was injured. Yes. I don't know if that's legit. Oh. Everyone was saying it was legit. Um, I didn't know if it's just a way to get Shane O'Mac, you know, on mm-hmm. the card, you know, while they're at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> but uh, so they had, you know, Shane take his place, but they made Kevin Owens the special guest referee. Shane said he would forget the fine as long as Kevin did the right thing. So you know. The match takes place. It's just horribly booked. It made no sense whatsoever. So you've got Kevin, you know, being the referee. Uh, Chad fucking hits, you know, his like uh, stalling German suplex. I don't know what he actually calls it at this point. But Kevin seems to make a fast count. I'm like, okay, so this is where this is going. You know, Kevin's now screwed over, you know, Shane. You know, we're moving on to the next chapter of this angle. But Shane turns around, doesn't really give Kevin too much shit for, you know, doing the fast count. He just turns around and makes it a two out of three falls match. Kevin's upset about this, but then he just turns around and starts trying to do a fast count in the favor of Shane. It 
it like made no sense. I was trying to figure out what uh-huh. was going. I was like, I actually re like rewound the thing. There you go. I actually rewound the thing to like. Did I miss something? Did my DVR mm-hmm. skip? I don't know what's going on. Uh, I don't know why Kevin had this about face. Um, so it no, it, it was very very fucking odd. Yeah. Um. And then so Kevin, you know, does a fast count. And, you know, it seems like, okay, he's going to screw over Chad, but then uh, they go ahead and, you know, Shane ends up tapping out and there's nothing Kevin can do. You know, it's not a case of Kevin just, you know, screwing over Shane or fucking up. It's just, you know, Shane is tapping out in the middle of the ring. Everyone sees it. They call for the bell. You know, Shane, you know, is, you know, furious with Kevin. Kevin's like, hey, man, there's nothing I could do. You tapped out. What do you want from me? And then Shane fires him. Uh, then on social media, Kevin, you know, tweets out a cryptic message that's somehow a code for NXT. Um, so I don't know if this is their way of moving, you know, Owens over to NXT. I don't necessarily see how the storyline continues. I mean, I'm sure they could find a way easily. Mm. But it's not like Shane has a dog in, like, you know, the King of the Ring. Like, if it was Elias who was in the finals, and, you know, I could see Kevin coming out, you know, and sabotaging the match, you know, costing Shane what he wants. And then you can move on and continue the angle. But Do you, do you have this become a, like, Shane versus, you know, Triple H NXT thing? You know, where it's like, oh, you hired Kevin Owens back? Like, yeah. he's still trying to get him fired off of NXT and everything. Survivor Series is right around mm-hmm. the corner. So then you have, like, you know, Shane Smackdown heels versus, you know, Triple H's NXT baby faces, And it's led by, like, Kevin Owens. So you could, and that's been kind of rumored for a while, that you would get, like, a standoff between Triple H and Shane McMahon eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, they were ta- actually talking about for Mania. But it could start here, you know. Um... I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to see it. Because <laughs> I don't want to see either of those two wrestling anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm over Triple H being in the ring. He's much more capable than Shane. But, man, I'm just done seeing Shane McMahon's fat head on my screen every fucking Tuesday. Um, and just they've killed any momentum Kevin Owens has had. Mm. You know, he, they, they've, like, reverse booked his character. It makes so sense whatsoever. He started off as fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he's like reverted to like, you know, like Big Show. Like, do you remember that angle they did with Big Show where he was like crying in the rain? Yeah, I remember every angle with Big Show, David. Which is like a million. <laughs> like between all his face turns uh-huh. and heel turns. I mean, but there was that one angle where he was supposedly broke. Mm-hmm. So he was like originally standing up to like, you know, the McMahons. And then it came out that, you know, he couldn't lose his job because he lost his money in like a strip mall or something. Absolutely ludicrous. So he had to do the McMahons bidding. Um, I don't know what's going on. It just, it's so just mind numbing to me, you know, because Kevin Owens was like, their hottest face mm. on the brand. Um, and they've just killed him completely. Out of nowhere, for no reason. This is a man who's been fired multiple times, yes. too, in the last, like, three or four years. 
but he's groveling over $100,000. This is supposed to be one of your top superstars, too. You know, whether they like to think of him that way or not. But he's crying over $100,000. What does that say to you about your athletes and the caliber of your, like, you yeah, know, They superstars? only make thirty two grand a year. Okay? <laughs> Apparently. I, I, I think it's supposed to, like, make him more relatable to the common man. Mm. But it's just ridiculous. Like, we know what athletes make, you know, nowadays. We're not idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want to live you know vicariously through these characters not like i don't need to relate to kevin owens getting fined you know like have him beat up his boss that's great you know people want to see that they want to like you know you know go on the ride with that character you know and his arc but it man it's like they forgot what got stone cold over in the first place and i mean there's no there's no denying what they were trying to get at, giving him the stunner and everything like that. They wanted you to think back to Stone Cold and relate to Stone Cold. Um, and it was working, you know, until they decided to fucking just take it in the backyard <laughs> and shoot it in its fucking head. Because they really, they just, man, it's just disappointing. It, it feels like an execution of Kevin Owens' character. So, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> so you're excited for Class of Champions. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait for AEW at this yeah. point. You know, Wrestle Kingdom's right around the corner, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, New Japan's going to start heating up. Um, they finally put the fucking J-Cup on uh, New Japan World yes. right now. So I can finally watch it. People have been, like, going crazy over it. So I can't wait to actually sit down and, you know, watch some awesome wrestling. Um, I'm just done. (laughs) (laughs) And we got to figure out what we're going to do, you know, podcast wise. How are we going to review all this shit? You know, in the next (laughs) month, you've got AEW and NXT going two hours. Mm -hmm. Like, I won't lie. I mean, if you listen to the show, you know that we kind of just like binge watch NXT right before, you know, TakeOver, which I think a lot of people Uh do and catch up. But like, are we going to cover two hours of NXT every fucking week now? I don't know, man. And then SmackDown's on fucking Friday. (laughs) So, I mean, that throws off all our previews. So, man, because we record on Thursday nights. It's going to be a new era. Man, one without sleep. Uh-huh. So, well, that's going to do it for this week. <laughs> it's the start of the next 100,000 downloads. Oh, my God. For all of you fans. Oh. <laughs> Not if we have to keep on talking about wrestling. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be singing a different tune in October. Though. Yes. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Yes. Um, as always, make sure that you're checking out dramacityproductions.com. You can find plenty of great podcasts over there. Um, and you can find us there. So definitely check out everyone that's on that podcast network. And you can also check us out over at popgoestheculture.com. Yes. And then you can also find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. And while you're there, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Yes. And we always tell you, check out PodCoin. It's one of the best out apps out there right now for podcasts. Um, if you check them out, you can get 
coins for listening to digital your, exactly <laughs> so you go ahead and you get that digital currency and you can go ahead and you turn that around to awesome gift cards like uh to amazon target starbucks and then if you're a good person you can go ahead and give it to charity if you exactly. want exactly so they pay you to listen doesn't get better than that and we'll give you some free coins by putting in promo code nerd show today that's right you get actually 300 coins exactly not too bad and share us with a friend you might get an extra five yeah that's right uh and you're welcome exactly (laughs) uh and if you want to continue to support the show uh go ahead and get yourself some nerd swag Uh, you can find our shirts on pro wrestling tees and t public right now Mm -hmm. and speaking of nerd swag head over to my favorite place to get collectibles shirts comics uh westcoastgeek.com right now you can go ahead with their awesome sales already you can get an additional 20 percent off by using promo code nerd show yes you heard that right promo code nerd show definitely check them out today um at the beginning of the show you heard them guilty aces that's a great rockabilly band from chicago land area and then at the end of the show you're listening to greg brebner a great house in-house dj that's right you can check his stuff out on soundcloud and then guilty aces has tons of albums out over on itunes absolutely and again that wraps up the show uh again thank you for the hundred thousand downloads that we've received so far that's right and here's to nine hundred thousand more exactly my name's christian and my name's damon that's the amazing nerd show What? 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 What?